What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome to a special episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren. I'm the host, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we look at all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Visit the website today and let them know that Locked On sent you. I mentioned it's a special episode because I have teamed up with the hosts of Locked On Lightning, Locked On Flyers, and Locked On Capitals to bring you some round-robin preview content over the next few days. Uh, We recorded uh, a big chunk, and uh, it'll be spread out over Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week. Uh, I'll try to get some news and notes off the top, if anything breaks in Bruins land. Of course, the Bruins wrapped up training camp on Friday and have traveled to Toronto to join the bubble. Uh, It wasn't... An ideal training camp, as I talk about a bit in this first preview episode with David Pasternak and Andre Kasha uh, being effectively absent for the entirety of training camp, minus one full practice for Pasternak and one side skate for Kasha. The Bruins, of course, um, are hoping to be in the bubble for quite some time, splitting it between Toronto for the round robin in rounds one and two of the playoffs, and then the conference championships and the Stanley Cup final will take place out in Edmonton. Um, Bruce Cassidy said they scripted phase three as best they could under the assumption that everyone would be there. Obviously, that didn't happen, and they missed some players. As a result, some younger players got looks at some top six positions. Uh, Anders Bjork, Jack Stadnika, Carson Kuhlman entering into the top six at times during scrimmage. And the final roster, when it was released on Sunday, it was missing uh, only two players. That would be Paul Carey and Anton Bleed, both of whom were cut prior to Boston traveling to Toronto on Sunday, meaning uh, Stadnika, Trent Frederick, Zach Sinishin, They all made the roster as guys uh, coming up and grabbing those extra spots. I think Sinitian, he didn't really get much of a look in training camp, but with Pasternak and Kasha being questionable at the moment, um, they needed that depth on the right side, and that's where he uh, fit in there, certainly. The big questions through training camp were kind of the status of Tori Krug, whether or not this is his last Go around with the Bruins. Zidane Chara will be a UFA, but it sounds as though he has the desire to return. There's also Jake DeBrusque, and which player can we expect him to be? The big-time player who has stepped up in the past or the guy who struggled this past season to find that consistency. Uh, so there's a lot going on with the Bruins, both on the ice and off uh, the mental aspects of leaving your family for an extended period of time for living in a hotel for that extended period of time um, and also how they will hit the ground running as a team with having uh, missed Pasternak and Kasha that leadership group 
is always so important for this team. And I think Chara, Bergeron, Marshawn, Krejci, Krug, they have this team ready to perform um, along with, of course, Jack Adams, finalist, Bruce Cassidy in the mix. So all that to say, let's tee up this conversation that I had with the hosts of Locked on Lightning, Locked on Flyers, and Locked on Capitals. Before we jump into that, let me talk for another moment about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the website to go to for car enthusiasts looking for the best quality car parts for any make and model at affordable prices. They're a family-run business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brands, specs, and prices that you prefer. If you go to rockauto.com right now, you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's now jump into this chat. Like I said, it's a long one, so we divided it into three parts. You'll notice at the end of this one, uh, it ends on a bit of a tease with Adam Denker from Locked on Lightning asking me a question. That's where I'll pick it up tomorrow. But please do enjoy this conversation. And yeah, we'll be back here on Tuesday with a recap of Boston's first day in the bubble and uh, with some more preview content. But for now, enjoy the first part of this chat with my fellow Locked On hosts. All right. So now um, I'm here with Amy Rothenberger of Locked On Capitals, Ian McLaren of Locked On Bruins, and Danielle Butcher and Rachel Donner of Locked On Flyers. Now, the reason we're all together here tonight is because we're going to discuss how each of our teams are going to be doing in the upcoming upcoming round-robin matchups uh, next week or this week, actually, I'll cut that out later, and how, you know, they may fare. You know, it's a very strange but unique circumstance that we're, each of our teams are going to be going through in the next week or so. So let's just go around the table, discuss some, you know, how our teams were doing thus far when the pause happened, uh, so everybody, you know, could get their memory jogged on to how things were back in March. So starting with the girls from the Locked On Flyers podcast, Rachel, Danielle, how are you both doing tonight? Pretty good. I think the Flyers are in the best spot of any of us, not to, you know, toot our own horns, but being obviously the four seed going into it, we have everything to gain and nothing to lose because we can only move up in the seed. And so I think that puts us in a pretty good spot. Yeah, and the Flyers were very hot uh, before the pause. Um, their last game, not so much, but, you know, they just ended a nine-game winning streak, so there's still a lot to like about this team. Um, so, yeah, like I said, in their last 10, they went 9-1-0, and but on the season, they are 41-21-7. And, and um, the most relevant news with the Flyers, I think, is just Oscar Lindblom. His story is just so you're just so excited and you're just so happy for him because he started off the season extremely hot on the top line with Couturier and Konechny. And then um, 
halfway through the season, he found out that he had erythroma, and so he's been battling with that. Just recently, found out that he is good to go and um, signed a three-year, nine million contract with the Flyers. So, I mean, like Rachel said, there's it's only looking up for the Flyers right now. Well, I think he definitely got the two for one. You know, he's out of the out of the you know, the tough spot with what he was going through. And plus he's got, he's got paid. So, you know, how many people could say that now we got uh, Ian McLaren with locked on Bruins. Ian, obviously we're division rivals and, you know, we were kind of chasing you guys for quite a little bit, but you know, we kind of took our, yeah, we kind of took our foot off the pedal, you know, then again, you know, I think you guys were still like the better team in the division, but so any big stories that happened in the off season as well, as just refresh the people listening as to how, the Bruins were doing before the pause? I mean, yeah, the Bruins were the only team to record 100 points this season. Uh, they have the co-leader in goals in David Pasternak, uh, Vesna finalist in Tudorask, and a Jack Adams finalist in uh, Bruce Cassidy. And uh, prior to the break, they shut out those uh, red-hot flyers, which you love to see. And... Um, yeah, I mean, the season had gone as well as any Bruins fan could have hoped after how last season ended in kind of devastating fashion. Um, I was I was actually a bit surprised at how quick they came out of the gate and they just pretty much kept the, the foot on the gas all season long with a little lull, uh, I guess, in December. Their only weakness really was the performance in the shootout, and that might actually – come back to bite them uh, in the ass in the round robin since they're going to be using regular season overtime rules in those games. Um, I guess the biggest story since phase three uh, training camps began was the absences of David Pasternak and Andre Kasha. Uh, Both guys spent the pause in their native Czech Republic, uh, probably came back to North America a bit too late and were caught in uh, quarantine and um, also kind of foolishly exposed themselves to uh, the community and were in contact with someone who tested positive for the virus and have only been able to practice once uh, with the Bruins. So that's obviously a big concern seeing as they're both penciled in as the top two right wingers for this team. Uh, Pasternak should be able to come back pretty seamlessly, but Kasha only played uh, five or six games for the Bruins after the trade deadline and prior to the pause. Um, So his kind of place in the lineup uh, is a bit more in question and how he kind of fits in. But uh, other than that, you know, the whole having to re-earn the top seed is kind of uh, ridiculous, but um, I'm not uh, too concerned about about who the Bruins will face uh, in the first round, no matter where they end up in the top four, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for since they announced the whole format is that, you know, as – and I agree with you, you know, have to have them replaying for the top spot and all that – um, it's unfortunate. It's kind of ridiculous, but at the same time, it gives all of our teams the affordability to kind of play around with some of the things that maybe they didn't, they wouldn't normally get a chance to right before our playoffs. Um, and then finally, the newest member of the Locked On family, 
Amy, Amy Rothenberger from Locked on Caps. How you doing, Amy? I'm great, Adam. Thanks, everybody, um, for welcoming me to the Locked on family. Um, this is a great time to get started um, or restarted, as the case may be. So um, when we last left our beloved Capitals, they uh, were at the top of the Metropolitan Division. They had 90 points in 69 games, but they suffered two kind of unexpected losses towards uh, right before everything got shut down. One was uh, Mika Zibanejad's multi-goal game uh, with the Rangers against the Capitals, and the other was a shootout loss to Buffalo. Oh, it was the last last game they played Yikes. before the yeah before the everything shut down. Um, the stories we're looking at right now, actually, one is out of training camp, which is um, our lovely little Russian backup goalie Ilya Samsonov has not been at training camp and has been deemed unfit to play, and we know nothing about. You know, like any other hockey player right now, unfit to play could mean anything. Um, we know it's not an issue with him coming back from Russia. You know, his visa's all set and everything else. He's just at the facility and not playing. So um, there's a big mystery there. We do have a stable of other backup goalies that have been at training camp and been doing well. Um, so I'm not all that concerned, although, you know, he was our backup goalie for the regular season, and now his status for the playoffs is a little bit up in the air. And the other thing is, and I think we're going to talk about this a, bit, a little bit later, Adam, uh, the uh, Norris Trophy finalist, John Carlson, and um, the talk about uh, whether or not he's going to walk away with the Norris Trophy. There are many, many Caps fans who think it is a long time coming, and I will just leave it by saying – I am not one of those Caps fans. Well, you know, I already like the new girl already. I don't know about all of you, but... Uh, wow, a reasonable take from a Caps fan. We like this. <laughs> and the crowd, and the crowdless crowd goes crazy. So let me, just, let me just recap my bolts before we go into a little bit of a deep dive about all our teams. So my Lightning left it off. Uh, they finished the season going 43-21-6. and six. That's 92 points, eight behind President's Trophy winning Boston Bruins. Uh, where we left off on the schedule, we had a home and a home. I think that was the biggest series of the year for the Lightning uh, against the Bruins in the first week of March, which we split with them. And this was really the, t the pivotal point, I believe, for – and a lot of Lightning fans were feeling it as well as – the, the team was struggling uh, after raking up 11 straight wins. No big deal. Uh, they lost five in a row, and they, they really were in a stretch where they were playing down to the talent of the teams that they were playing against. You know, they weren't playing against really any big-time teams other than maybe Toronto and Calgary. But um, at that point in the season, you know, they, they played Vegas uh, in, in a tough game, which they lost, of course. Uh, they lost 7-3 to the Coyotes out in the desert. And then they lost a tough one at home against Toronto. And then really just got um, the crap kicked out of them by Chicago at home. Uh, and, you know, it was just one of those things where them playing Boston and then with the recent acquire, acquired Blake, Go Blake Coleman – Barkley Goodrow and Zach Bogosian at that time, um, you know, they started to turn around not only their performance, but their style of play. 
they were widely criticized, especially um, on national television, about how soft they were at certain points during the year. And the best example for them to be where they actually turned it around was during the 5-3 win, I believe it was, against Boston. Um, they, uh, they were criticized during the game by Pierre Maguire while the puck was in play. And then at that moment, I believe – Patrick Maroon went after Zdeno Chara, which, I mean, I would never advise anyone to do that. But, you know, at the same time, that showed that this team was tired of getting bullied around. And as for storylines happening during the pause, I mean, this isn't really a storyline that any Lightning fan should be a stranger to. And that's Steven Stamkos once again ending up injured. Uh, He got injured during the voluntary workouts, which, I mean, I said – months ago that you know they needed to wrap him up in bubble wrap it was just ridiculous at this point I mean he's a great player and the fact that he can't stay healthy um is it's just frustrating to see especially how especially when you know how talented he is and how uh, much he means to this team and their long-term success so I just want to go around um you know and let's discuss how we feel about our teams at the pause as opposed to how maybe our feelings about them now maybe differ just because maybe of certain situations maybe the time off kind of gave us some change of mind change of heart uh i'm going to start with ian Ian, what are are there some maybe things about this bruins team that you think differently now of or maybe you're just your idea of them right now is just the same as it was when we left off Oh, I would say it's pretty much the same. I mean, one of the big things that the Bruins have going for them is this uh, exceptionally uh, tight and effective leadership group that's uh, made up of Daniel Chara, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, uh, Tori Krug, um, probably leaving someone out there. But that group has really helped uh, them to remain pretty even keeled throughout the season. And uh, like I said earlier, coming out of uh, what was, you know, a terrible way to end last season. So I think they have really been a steadying presence for um, the guys who were on the roster prior to the pause, but also uh, the guys who have been added in kind of the um, roster expansion. Some of the younger guys from the AHL who probably won't be on the team for at least till next regular season or, or maybe after that. So um, they were really instrumental in helping the Bruins to get off to a strong start this season. And uh, they have had a pretty steady roster continuity over the last couple of years as well, which has really served them well. This is a, a tight group. And um, with the exception of Pasternak and Kasha, like I said earlier, being absent from training camp, Uh, They seem to have had a pretty good training camp. So um, all things considered, uh, I really think they're ready to make good on their potential as Stanley Cup uh, contenders and to kind of redeem the loss from last year. And also uh, Tory Krug, this could be his last uh, kick at the can with this group as well as he's a UFA and with a flat cap um, and some RFAs to deal with, it's not looking promising that he'll be back. So I think uh, there'll be a little extra push there to 
kind of uh, get the job done with with this group as it's uh, constructed now. So, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much where they're at at the moment. Yeah, is I, that a future flyer, Tory Krug? I mean, that'd be better than future Canadian Tory Krug. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think I could speak for all of us and say I don't want Tory Krug going to Montreal. I just don't want to hear just Montreal fans. I think future Red Wing Tory Krug might. That's that's been my best bet since this all started, yeah. just for him to go home. But that's a story for after the playoffs, hopefully. I think just for the Lightning, I could speak personally that. I think this was the best thing that could have happened to them. I know like under the circumstances and the pause, it was just unfortunate for, you know, why it happened. But this team was down a ton of guys at the time. Um, they lost Stamkos for the, for the second time this year uh, to a core injury at that point in time, if they would have played out the season and had a normal playoff schedule, we wouldn't have gotten Stamkos back until possibly the conference finals. Um, they, you know, they had really no idea when Jan Rudo was going to be coming back. Zach, um, Hick, Hick, uh, Victor Hedman just went down at that point in time with a lower body injury to where they didn't really know what was exactly wrong with him. I mean, that was probably at that point in time, he, you could have just labeled him as unfit to play just because they weren't, he just had a ton of injuries going on at that time. Um, and it looked like at, as well as Andre Vasilevsky, even though he wasn't injured, um, it just looked like he was just mentally exhausted at that point. Uh, they were throwing out. It, it wasn't really a matter of him playing a ton of games. It was just him having to do a lot in those games, um, especially with, you know, a lot of the guys going down at that point in time. And, and Ryan McDutta also being out for an extended period of time. I think this team as a whole was just worn out. And so for them to have these months off as well as pretty much get back a 100% team, um, this was the best thing that could happen. And for them to have these round robin games coming up uh, is the best thing for them. And we'll get into that in just a little bit, but let's head over to the Capitals. Amy, are there maybe some players as well that you might be getting back just because of this pause or, and just looking at how the team is now compared to how they were when things ended? Do you, is maybe your idea or feelings about how the team is now less cynical? Um. Well, it's not the team that I don't think was ever cynical. I think there, there were some mental blockages in years past with the team. I think the fans are more cynical than the team on any given game day. But uh, that being said, I did learn an interesting fact over the pause. And it's something that I, I deep down in my heart knew, but it was confirmed to me. And that is that the Washington Capitals are the oldest team in the NHL. And that means experience, but that also means that it takes a little while to shake the rust off and possibly even longer. Um, and I've, I've seen it. I mean, I've watched some of their scrimmages. I watched their scrimmage today. And here's the other thing that is sort of, I don't want to say makes me hesitant, but again, I am a Caps fan, I'm a little bit cynical. Uh, they had a scrimmage today that was basically the old guys against the rookies, with the exception of the goalies. So Holtby was in goal for the rookies, and the rookie goalie was in goal for the old guys. And the rookies won handily over, you know, Ovi, Kuzi, Tom Wilson, Jacob Verana, you know, the the firepower that we Oshi that we have 
Mm-hmm. So might that be Braden Holpe getting back into his groove? I sure as heck hope so. Yeah. But that also might be, I mean, the fact that our black aces and some of the guys that we're bringing along for the ride might find a spot or two, which wouldn't upset me all that much. Well, the playoffs are definitely a place um, that we've seen in many years past where you'll, you'll get some unlikely heroes uh, for my lightning. We had Tyler Johnson a couple of years back, just basically put this team on his shoulders um, in fan, in a fantastic way. Uh, so it wouldn't be too surprising whether it's from any of the round robin teams or just some of the teams that are in the qualifying to see maybe some guys that you wouldn't really expect to hear their name a lot um, during the regular season. Now, moving on to the locked on flyers um, or, you know, how would how would you ladies maybe think? How do you feel about this team going into the playoffs? Uh, obviously, you're having uh, Oscar back, which is great. Uh, he's going to be with the team there in Toronto, but of course he's not playing. But are there maybe some guys that you're getting back from injury or maybe the, 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 the pause came at just the perfect time to where, you know, it's definitely going to help you benefit your team uh, in the long run? Uh, looking at it injury injury wise, not really. I think at the at the JVR. Yeah, JVR and Phil Myers was was injured, but um, it wasn't supposed to be long term. So, I mean, yeah, the rest didn't really. There were no injuries that the Flyers needed to rest up on. So, um, yeah, and I think you know I'm still as confident on them as uh, as I was at the pause. So. Yeah, yeah like I, from everything they've been saying from camp too, they just feel like they're picking up right where they left off. And you know, Claude Giroux is like, "This is the team. We've got it. Let's go." So that's all you can ask for from a captain. And and yeah, the confidence is real high. Well, that's great. I mean, the only thing I've had to have really excited about is that you know the team getting back. Uh, other than Stamkos being hurt, we're probably going to see less of Doc Talk, which is a major negative. I, you know, uh, Alex Kalorn, I think that was his social media presence is something that brought uh, a lot of happiness to Lightning fans during this pause. But um, yeah, I mean, this was a very interesting situation. How maybe just going around, whoever, you know, any of you feel free to speak out, but how do you feel about, you know, at the time this came at, do you feel like maybe this, your, the standings would have been different significantly. Um, I know for a fact that the Lightning seemed like they were taking their, their foot off the pedal in terms of trying to catch the Bruins uh, for the division at that point. Do you think maybe – it looked like the Flyers actually were kind of catching up on the Lightning. Um, at Well, no, they were catching up in the division on, I believe, the Caps. And that was mm-hmm. something that really was interesting to me. So at one point I was like, wait, the Flyers are that close to the Capitals and the – in, in the division capitals fans felt the same way yeah i was you know <laughs> i was i had no horse in that race and i was still like kind of oh wow like this team you know i've, I've stated last time danielle and you could attest to this i the flyers are one of the teams i have want no part of in the playoffs um you know like they, they just play this brand of stereotypical flyers hockey that you know we're all accustomed to in the lightning that's like kryptonite to them um so which is interesting because the flyers have not won against the lightning since december of 2017 <laughs> oh, 
Really? Wow. wow. Really? And I know because, and I've said this on Lockdown Flyers, I was at that game. Wow. In Tampa. <laughs> wow. I mean, I hope you kept your, uh, your stub from that game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the Lightning, I, I look at it this, and no disrespect to any of you other teams, the only team I really see as a threat to the Lightning now that we have a full team back uh, you know, that being hopefully, you know, Stamkos doesn't fall down the stairs going to the arena in the hotel um, when he finally comes back. But uh, I think the only team that really is standing in the way of the Lightning at this point is the Boston Bruins. Because um, I guess it's just because they're a division. The Blue rival. Jackets? <laughs> you had to bring up bad memories. You had to bring up bad memories. I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I just well, feel like. This may be a time for me to bring up what I like to affectionately call the President's Trophy curse. Mm. Yeah, that was the other reason why uh, I wasn't too. That's a that's an eighty-two game. That's eighty-two games. This, mm-hmm. this is a Is it though? Because you know, Tampa, y'all had the President's Trophy last season, right? And you didn't make it out of the first round. We don't remember and that. Here, and the year before that, Nashville had it. They, I know because they took it in a game against us, the Capitals, at home that I was at. And I was like, yay, you're securing your president's trophy. Have fun with that. Get out of town. And, of course, the year before that, the Capitals had it. And we didn't make it past the first round. Yeah, which is so, ironic uh, in itself just because, you know, they obviously they're superstitious and they don't want to tr- touch trophies, and that could very well be the only one they touch all year. Um, <laughs> so with uh, the Flyers, um, let's just jump into maybe some of the storylines with, with you guys. Uh, obviously, Oscar Lindblom is a huge one, um, but are there maybe some other ones that maybe us – fans of other teams maybe not know about um, going on that may be noteworthy later on? Um, I would say that like one of the best storylines of the season for the Flyers has been the addition of Kevin Hayes and that he's just provided so much solid play and consistency down the middle and has been a personality force that we have not seen on this team in a long time he just kind of owns that leadership role and is you know really strong on the puck on the ice and then just kind of it feels like he puts like the weight of the team on his shoulders to some degree in terms of being an outward face of the team where Claude Giroux is the captain and is sort of a a quiet determination leader. Kevin Hayes is the wacky clown (laughs) in front of the curtain. And it just makes a really great combination, I think. And that the two of them just support the wingers around them. And, you know, who's whoever is on a line with either one of them and is going to succeed. And then, of course, we have future Selkie winner Sean Couturier as the best two-way player in the game, I'm going to say it. So it's just there's so many good pieces on this team right now. 
Um, what about for Amy, for your caps now, maybe are there some storylines that, you know, maybe we're, we may not be aware of, like I just asked, um, you know, Rachel and Danielle, are there maybe some lo- storylines that maybe going into this playoffs that are going to really be a factor down the road? Well, a um, couple of things that go hand in hand. Number one is another sort of superstition on my part, but it has to do with dad strength. We had a lot of caps become dads either for the first or second time over the pause. And there's one more, Lars Eller, his wife is due to have her second child the first week in August. And the plan so far is for him to go up to Toronto and of course he can get special dispensation to go back for the birth of his child but the concern there is who's going to center his line when he goes and I think um, Alex Alexiev who's one of our one of our black aces has been prepping for that and Todd Reardon has been talking about how we might see him in the playoffs at some point. And I think that's where he's kind of being set to go, but nothing's been said yet. That's just kind of, you know, obviously these are all the facts that we know, and that means that somebody's going to have to play center instead of Lars Eller. We just don't know who that's going to be. That's very interesting, and we'll definitely be watching closely with your caps, especially when – um, they progress through the qualifying round, which we all expect them to. Now with the Bruins, Ian, you said earlier about Pasternak. And, um, you know, uh, is, do you, is that a situation that you think or maybe hearing that's going to be resolved anytime soon? Or is that going to maybe carry over into when games are actually being played? Um, from what Cam Neely said the other day, it seems as though – both Pasternak and Kasha will join the Bruins once they arrive in Toronto, but it's not expected right now that it's going to affect uh, any game time that they'll miss. Um, there's the one exhibition game. The Bruins will play the, the Blue Jackets, and then they play the Flyers in the first round robin game on on the August 2nd. Um, I think the bigger concern is just the fact that Kasha hasn't really gotten a lot of game time with this group. Um, like I said, he was a, a trade diet, trade deadline addition, and he only played five or six games before the pause. And it's hoped that he would kind of jump in and be the second line right winger that they've been looking for for a few years now, but um, still kind of up in the air whether or not he's the best fit there. Um, so that's really the biggest question, I think, for this team is who, what will, well, A, if those two guys will be ready, and if not, kind of who would bump up uh, the lineup. And I think what we've seen so far in training camp is that um, Jack Stanika might be put up there, or Anders Bjork. They're kind of the two guys who seem to be in line for, for that top six time if, if those guys are missing. So um, I guess the other kind of minor thing that's a bit concerning is that 
Tuka Rask revealed that he uh, suffered a fractured finger in uh, workouts during the pause. He was doing box jumps, I guess, and somehow fractured his finger and has been experiencing a bit of discomfort in his trapper hand. Uh, so if that lingers, that's not ideal, but uh, the Bruins do have uh, his William B. Jennings partner in uh, Yaroslav Halak, who um, can fill in admirably and has proven in the past that he can steal a playoff series or two. So um, I think they'd be okay deploying him in net if, if necessary. So, um, yeah, I think Cash fans are really, familiar with him stealing yeah, playoff I mean, series. <laughs> I guess it's been about it's been a decade since uh, since that happened, but he's still he's still got some some gas. We're still better. <laughs> yeah. Now, I guess the storyline, um, I guess one that I mentioned earlier that is a consistent storyline for the Lightning uh, for us is what is just. The saga of Steven Stamkos. One day he's healthy, the other day he's injured. But the big storyline, which I couldn't believe it until I read more into it, was Zach Bogosian is going to be – he's getting a lot of time in camp on the first defensive pairing with Victor Hedman just because of, uh, you know, we're not entirely sure. The team's not entirely sure if Jan Ruda is going to be healthy by then. Uh, Jan Ruda has been – pretty you know banged up all year uh due to a a lower body injury which we really haven't gotten the details on what exactly was affecting him only year for all we know it could be a major knee injury that the team isn't just you know they just want to keep on the hush hush uh so with those two things going on you know it's just kind of concerning but going into the playoffs but you know this team is not at all strangers to playing without some of their top names um they the lightning have just been playing with this next man up mentality um which you know it's i think though with the long pause it's given time for guys like barkley goodrow and blake coleman guys who were really starting to come on right when everything got shut down um i think it's got it's given them the opportunity to, to gain more chemistry with their teammates their new teammates and hopefully that could turn into something special once the games are played. Uh, so, yeah, um, I think, you know, this is going to be interesting. You know, like it's it, – I don't know about all of you, but I think it's kind of cool that we had these storylines kind of develop out of nowhere over the last couple of months if there were any developing ones um, with your teams just because there was no hockey on yet. There was constantly these what-ifs about certain players and what-if. But – now, just go around real quickly. Uh, what are maybe the players to watch out for that maybe we wouldn't really be on the lookout for uh, normally? Um, Ian, what about your, with your Bruins? Great question, Adam. And we'll pick that up on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Hope you enjoyed the first part of this special preview. And uh, yeah, we'll pick it up tomorrow. Have a great Monday, Bruins fans. Take care of yourselves.